business owners kind of have that that athletic background because you kind of learn how to how to set goals, achieve goals, work hard, um, surround yourself with people that can help you, coaches, etc. Get down to the granular detail level of of success and 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 step by step, uh, take it a day at a time. One of our core values at Silicon Signs is grow or die. If you're not growing, you're dying. We could all say, oh yeah, we want to be better. We want to grow. All right, well, what's the next step? How do we get there? You have to be perfectly honest with who you are and where you are. You find the spot that says you are here. You can know where you're going, but if you don't know where you're at, you cannot map a path to getting there. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou, and boy, do we have an exciting episode lined up for you today. Today's guest is another one of our amazing, exciting, emerging thought leaders. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Chase Dalton. Welcome to the show, Chase. Thanks, Nikki. Wow, what, a, what an intro. Thank you, man. Well, you know what we like to say over here? That I'm the Bruce Buffer of the podcast intro world. You know who Bruce Buffer is? No, I don't. You ever watch any UFC fights? That's the dude that does all the announcing at the UFC fights. Let's get ready to rumble! Boom! (laughs) So, Chase, man, tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Chase Dalton? Well, I, uh, I, I'd say a good part of my story is, is, is in athletics. Um, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of business owners kind of have that, that athletic background because you kind of learn how to, how to set goals, achieve goals, work hard, um, surround yourself with people that can help you coaches, et cetera. Um, teach you how to get down to the granular detail level of, of success and, 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 and step-by-step. Uh, take it a day at a time. Uh, and so that's, that's where I started. I, I think I always had a, a really uh, big drive to, to, to be great at, at athletics. Um, I, I had a good high school career. I got recruited a lot in college. I ended up uh, running uh, track and field was the event I chose to take to the next level. Um, uh, mostly because I, I, I liked it the best between, you know, I played football, played some other sports, but I chose track and field because there was no excuses right there there is no teammates to blame a, a failure on or a loss on there was no refs that could throw the game it was me between two painted lines or inside of a ring or on a mat uh and if i if i lost it was on me and if i won it was on me and i enjoyed the pressure and the stakes that were there um and uh, so so i had a, I had a successful college career uh in in the decathlon which is 10 events um, you know, there's, there's some great Canadian decathletes there that, that I'll put a plug in for <laughs> Damien Warren <laughs> and Pierce LePage. Uh, they're the best that the world has to offer right now. Um, I've competed against them as well. Um, not, not anywhere on their level, but I, I was all American a few times in college. Uh, I continued on for, for a couple of years, hoping to make the Olympic team. 
uh, in the decathlon. Uh, my highest finish was uh, fifth place at the U.S. Championships in 2014 in the decathlon. Um, and then I got to travel around the, around the country uh, a few times, uh, sporting the, the USA on my chest. Uh, nice. That was a really cool honor to, to represent the country there um, in uh, one, of the, one of the best track and field programs. Um, so I'd say that informed a lot of, a lot of who I am and as a business leader, um, and how I've grown my business. Um, I, uh, I have a, a sign company. It's called Silicon signs. Uh, we're in Salt Lake area. I started about five years ago. Um, and we, we've scaled to around $4 million, uh, in the, in the first four years and, and we're on our way up, uh, right now again. Um, but that same sort of drive and ambition that I, that I cultivated as an athlete, um, it was, it was really cool to be able to dump that directly into starting a business. Um, cause I had a little bit of an identity crisis, to be honest. It's like, who am I, if I'm not an athlete, it was hard for me to even get through a conversation with any new person saying, Oh, without saying, Oh, I was an athlete and I, I was good at this. Uh, I wrapped a lot of who I was and my daddy into that. And, and so being able to dump that energy into a business was, was good for, it, it may have even saved my life a, a couple times. Um, to be able to, to have kind of a new identity, um, and, and yeah, something to, to really push for and drive for. Um, but this time I don't have a four year NCAA eligibility clock, uh, but I still feel the same urgency to, to be great and to be successful and to, to build a, build a good team, uh, around me. And, and, uh, and I, I'm excited to, I guess, share things that I've learned and in, in my journey and, and the things that helped me be successful. And if it can help other people then great. You know, Chase, I think what you just said is very powerful and very revealing, right? Because a lot of people who achieve success early in one arena and then move to a different arena have an identity crisis. And an identity crisis is, I think, part of the journey of success. So if you wouldn't mind, talk a bit more about that. What was that like for you? And how did you transition from one identity, superstar athlete, to another identity, up-and-coming businessman and entrepreneur? Well, I started out actually in the, the advertising space. So um, I, I started a company called Yellow Bus Media. And I just I, I heard about a law that passed in Utah that said that you can add put ads on school buses. And so I, I jumped right into that. And um, it was a terrible idea. It, it fell flat. Hardly did it for about a year. Didn't make any money on it. Uh, which it was fine because I didn't have a whole lot of expenses either. Um, and, and it was fun to grind and to, I, I, to learn on a, on a small scale, I guess, to learn, learn some big lessons without the, the, the big, you know, the big downside on that. Um, but it was, it, it was interesting, you know, when, when track season came along, like the time for me to start training, it's like my body wanted, it wanted to do that. It wanted to get out outside and start running and start lifting and to, to schedule my competitions. Um, and, and I, I had to, you know, change that mindset to now I'm actually getting up and I'm going to go into the office. I'm going to start making these, these phone calls. And I had to start making these metrics of what I was going to do that day and, and what goals I was going to, to have. But I, like I said before, it was more of a, rather than like a technical, what am I going to do on a day-to-day -day thing? It was just the mentality of, of, can I still be me without strapping on some spikes and racing um, all the time? Like who, who actually am I? Do I exist outside of a track? 
um, outside of a shot put ring, outside of a, a javelin runway. Um, and, and if I do, um, then who, who is that person? Um, and, and so it was, it, it, I had a lot of, a lot of hard days and there was plenty, it was probably three straight years where I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to get back into it. I could give it another shot. Okay. 2020 Olympics are running around, you know, coming around. Maybe I can get back into shape uh, because I never could quite <laughs> let it go. Um, but, but having, um, having the business where I could still find, okay, being great and being successful and, 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 and pr constantly progressing, I think that ended up being really who I am. It wasn't that it was a track. It wasn't that it was how far I could throw a javelin. It was that I was obsessed with constant growth and constant measuring, um, and constant testing and constant competing against myself. And, uh, and once I was able to kind of wrap my head around the fact that I'm doing that now here, I think it was able to, I was able to make that shift, um, in, in identity and really find who I am here. You know, I think that's very powerful because a long time ago, I'm 56 years old, right? And when, when I was a, a younger man, when I was in my twenties and thirties, I, I, I did a lot of uh, personal development programs. I studied neurolinguistic programming. I studied the Silva method with Jose Silva. You know, uh, I got into landmark education, all kinds of stuff. And one of my teachers really encouraged me to go and create my own philosophy. Don't just study other people's philosophy, but create your own philosophy. And one of the things I did early, early on is I, I said, you know, I get a sense that God put me here because he wants me to, to live, obviously, to, to learn, but to grow and to contribute, right? To live, to love, to grow and to contribute. And what you just said here about constant growth, I think if we're not growing, we're dying, man. Like you and I, we're built, we're hardwired to get better, to learn. We're not hardwired to sit like a lump on a log because that happens. We start to shrink and then die. As long as we're moving forward and thinking and learning, growth happens. And it happens in the most uncommon of hours. And, and to me, what you said here, that it wasn't about a track or running. It was about constant growth constant measuring, constant competing with myself. I believe that is the fundamental secret to a beautiful and successful life. Constant growth, constant measuring, constant competing against yourself. You know, a few years ago, I used to be a fitness trainer, right? That's how I was working with the Olympic gold medalist when I told you about off camera. And I stopped doing that. I got into the world of business coaching and running workshops and speaking and books and all that. And I'm a rock star and all that stuff, right? But when I gave up the identity of being a fitness coach, a part of me just stopped being as focused on the workouts and eating a certain way and eating a certain amount. And I, over a dozen years, man, I gained over 50 pounds. I went from being one of the fittest men around to being one of the fattest men. Maybe not around, but, but compared to what I was, right? And right. so, bro, Every year I'd, I'd set my goals up and I'd say, okay, you know what? This is the year. You're going to do it. You're going to lose the weight. You're going to get back into shape. You know what to do. You're a trainer, man. Come on. What's going on here? But every year I get a little fatter. I get a little fatter. And then I looked at myself in the mirror on February 2nd of 2023. And I saw my gut hanging over my belt. It was not a pretty sight. You know what I mean? And I saw that like I had no veins, no vascularity, no abs, nothing. And I said, screw this you're not a trainer anymore. You need somebody to guide you. 
you're going to find a guide and you're going to get in shape. So um, I didn't need a trainer because I knew how to work out, but I needed somebody to tell me what to do, what to eat, blah, blah, blah. So I found a guy who was a bodybuilder, IFBB pro bodybuilder, who had worked with people my age and gotten them into stage shape. So I said, okay, screw it. I'm going to do it. So from February 2nd to now, if you go on, on, um, on Instagram or any of those platforms and you see me, there's pictures of me fat and there's pictures of me fit. So I went down from 227 to 169, which is 58 wow. pounds in six months, right? And now I'm trying to put some muscle back on because I got a little, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was really Dribbled tough. away. Yeah. <laughs> like I worked out with a dude who was a business client of mine. I was 227. He was 194. So when I went down to 169, he was 191. So he like outweighs me by 20 pounds now. And I outweighed him by close to 30 pounds. And when that happened, the thing that hit me was, okay, dude, if you can achieve this cooler result at this age on your fitness, you're, you're not going hard enough elsewhere in your life. You can do more. You can do better. So what I've been wrapping my head around is how do I become a better human being? How do I learn how to grow? What is it that's getting in the way of me being the best version of myself? And that's all I've been focusing on. So I really appreciate you sharing this with me because it's affirming for me and maybe articulating it better than I've articulated for myself what this path that I'm on is all about. So thank you, brother. You know, you, you said something there that that is really important as well. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of speaking the same language here. One of our core values at Silicon Science is grow or die. Um, cause like you said, if you're not growing, you're dying, there is no staying in the same, in the same place. And, and the way that I explain this to my employees of how to wrap your head, like how do, how do we take it from point A to point B? Cause we can all say, oh yeah, we want to be better. We want to grow. All right. Well, what's the next step? How do, how do we get there? And the first step to growth is you have to be perfectly honest with who you are and where you are. And the analogy I give to my employees says, okay, you walk into a, a, a mall, a shopping mall. And you want to get to whatever, JC Penney's or something. You go to the big map and you say, what do you do first? You look for where's JC Penney's. Okay, there it is. What's the next step after that? You find the spot that says you are here. You can know where you're going, but if you don't know where you're at, you cannot map a path to getting there. You don't, <laughs> I'll, I'll as well, you might as well just start walking and say, well, I want to get there. Okay, I'm just going to walk. But you might not ever get there either. So being perfectly honest with yourself, that moment when you just looked in the mirror and saw your gut, the moment where you said, I'm, you know what, I'm not a trainer anymore. That was you being perfectly honest with yourself and saying, this is where I'm at right now. I know where I want to be. Now I know my next step, which is I need some help. I need, I, I need what I just, the service that I provided for other people uh, to, to, to get there. And so I think that's key. Absolutely. Be perfectly honest with yourself. If you're not, then you're going to hope it just happens one day or on accident, or one day you're just going to wake up, you're going to find the motivation. It's going to be, you know, uh, no, it has to be deliberate. So I think that's, that's a, that's a, a really important thing. I appreciate you saying that. And in one of the presentations I do, I quote America's greatest fighting general, George S. Patton. He was the only general that the Nazis truly feared in World War II. In fact, the Soviets feared him as well. Um, they were scared shitless, excuse my French, of George Patton <laughs> because of how damn good he was at fighting and winning. And this is his quote, hope is not a strategy. And that's, right. that's a fact. Hope is not a strategy. You know, 
it's a wonderful thing to have hope, but if you don't marry it to a strategy, you're done. I, I, I really appreciate you saying that, what you just said. I think it's really, really good. I wrote down what you said about be honest with who you are and, and how you are and where you are because it, it, it's totally, totally important to do that. Otherwise, you can never get anywhere in your life. So, so let's... A- yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah. I just reiterating. Yeah, it's the first step. Once you know where you want to be, you have to find out where you're at right now, and then map the path. And then map the path. Well said. So, um, so brother, I um, want to shift gears slightly. Let's go to Silicon Science and what you what you guys do. So, what made you decide to go into this industry, and um, y- y- you know. Why? Like, what's your why? What, what, what is it that caused you to say, hey, I want to help people with science? Yeah. Wow. That, that's, that's a loaded question. And, and, you know, just cut me off if I, if I start talking for too long, because uh, I'm really <laughs> passionate about that. You know, at the end of the day, what I'm doing is we're making plastic and metal and lights and we're hanging them on people's walls. That's nothing to get out of bed for. That's nothing to live a life for. Um, and so I had to find out what, what are we doing it for? And, and how do I inspire, you know, 20 other people to do it as well. Um, the reason I, I, the way I got into it is I, I, I mentioned, I started an advertising company. It was outdoor advertising. I found out, you know, after about a year that I was making more money on the signs than I was on the rental of the ad space. And so, and I was going to the sign shows to kind of learn about the materials and the installation techniques. And then I just, I, 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 I ended up pivoting to that just to, just to get better profit margins. It was an easier sale. It was a bigger industry. Um, I went and worked for another sign company as a, as an independent contractor to do some sales for them. Um, and then that, that didn't work. And then I ended up bringing on a partner and saying, okay, I'm ready to do this on my own. So that was back in 2018, uh, right off the bat it was a few months into it. We got a PO from a publicly traded company for 300 and almost $350,000. And this was to do 49 vet clinics across the United States. We were at the time in a thousand square foot basement office of a lawyer in, in Provo, Utah. And we got this, this PO with no way of executing. <laughs> I, I think we, we had a, we had a credit card that had like a $10,000 credit limit on it. Uh, we couldn't even buy the materials or anything. Went and got an investor who lent us $150,000. We had to pay him back in three months with 10% on top of that money. So we had three months to execute this job and me and my partner, James, we just got to work. We flew all over the country. We were doing installs. We were finding out who we can outsource to. We were printing, we we're pulling all nighters to, to pull this off and we did it. We, we finished all 49 jobs. We got paid. We paid back the investor with the money and we were sitting on a big stack of cash because we had very little overhead at that point. Um, and that really got us started in two ways. One, it gave us some funds to actually go grow. We got it into a warehouse, bought some more equipment. we got a couple of employees. But really what it taught us was how to manage a multi locations, you know, across the country simultaneously. That's something that most sign companies don't do. They're just local sign companies that are just kind of taking the, the, the bakery, you know, that's opening up down the street or working with the school. Uh, but we just learned how to open up 49 stores in three months in, you know, a couple dozen different states. That's a logistical nightmare. And it already set, it set us, it set us apart immediately, which is put us on our path to what we're doing now, which is we're, we're sign vendors for franchises. So we work with companies that you may have heard of, like, uh, may have heard of, uh, crumble cookies, uh, Capriati sandwich shop, wing zone handles, ice cream, uh, dirty dough cookies. Um, 
and and some other emerging brands that you'll you'll hear about pretty soon. Um, but it, it's a, it's a really fun niche to have where we, I mean, I know where they are. I know how to market to them. It's almost like shooting fish in a barrel. I'm not just putting like ads out on Instagram and, 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 and Google. I know exactly the conferences to go to and I know the problems that they have and, and how to solve them. So um, what are their problems? Let's jump into that. What exactly are the problems that you solve for your clients? Because what you're doing isn't the average sign company. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, so no one's really going to take my story and say, okay, I'm going to do that here. But finding who your customer is and what their exact problem is, is something that is essential to starting and running a successful business. So I essentially have two customers. I have the franchisor and I have the franchisee. The franchisor doesn't write my checks, but they distribute my services to their franchisees. Their problem is they're trying to create a business in a box, right? They want to, they want to get everything. They want to, uh, everything together. You do this, you open this, you hire this many employees, you pay them this much. This is where you order your materials. This is how much you sell it for. These are your hours of operation, etc. They are not able to add three things into that box, signage, construction, and design like architecture. And we're talking about specifically brick and mortar franchises. Um, they can't because contractors have a terrible reputation of being unresponsive, of change orders, of not hitting deadlines, making excuses, We've all, we've all experienced it. And so they can't give that experience to their customer. So instead they say, well, that's on your own. Here's some tools of how to bid that out, but you got to just figure that on your own. So now you have these people who bought a franchise for the purpose of having a business in a box. And now you turn them into project managers and, you know, vetting, inst vetting installers and vetting GCs and having to speak their language so they don't get snowballed. And it ends up being an enormous pain point for their franchisees. So the, the problem we're solving for the franchisors is we've, we are contractors that are focused solely on the customer experience. Honestly, building the sign is the easiest part of having a sign company. Anybody can do it. Anybody can buy the equipment. Anybody can buy the materials, learn how to use them on, on YouTube. But focusing on the customer experience, it brings us to the next level of what contractors should be, is we're creating a white glove experience for the franchisees. So then the franchisors can effectively put that signage at least into the box that they're presenting to their, to their clients, which is the franchisee. Now the franchisee, their customer is the end user. They're the ones buying the cookies or the sandwiches or the whatever. Now they have a, so they have a completely different set of problems. These people, they have invested uh, a lot of time and a lot of money. Some of them have mortgaged their homes. They've emptied out their 401ks. Uh, they're buying, they're, they're using an inheritance They're They've accepted money from an, from an investor that is expecting a return. They've maybe put a personal guarantee on an SBA loan. And so now they've risked their entire life, their livelihood, their homes, their kids, college funds, you name it for this opportunity to make it better. So having that as the, as that laying the groundwork of the anxiety and the stress that these new business owners feel their worst nightmare is that they they take the big scissors, they cut the ribbon and what crickets, right? Yeah. They're the biggest fools. They just, they just risked their entire lives and they're the biggest idiots. Nobody showed up. Now on the other end of that, their greatest dream is the line out the door. Right. And they say, okay, this was all worth it. The time, the energy, the money, the tears, the sweat, it was worth it. So that is their story that they wanted. They need to be the hero of that story. Yes. We're not coming in as the hero saying, we're going to do that for you. What we're saying is, here's what we're going to do for you. We're going to get your sign up 
as soon as possible, faster than any other sign company will, so that you can get people to know who you are, build awareness, build hype, so that you can have a chance of, of having the line out the door. You know, going back to athletics, I never minded losing. If I, if I came and I prepared and I practiced and I lifted and I had good nutrition and good sleep and good coaching, if I lost, then the other guy was just better. He was more talented. But if I didn't do those things, that's the most vile defeat, right? Because I didn't do everything that I could to put myself in the position to win or do my best. So same thing here. If we do everything we can to give these franchisees the opportunity to succeed, to have the line out the door, they can check that box saying, you know what? I chose the right vendor. I got my signs up as soon as I could. I hired the people. I got everything. And now we're just going to hope for the best because we did everything in our power. Now we just need to, and now we just need to hope that it comes through. Hope's not a strategy, but it certainly is part of the, the, the <laughs> hopes. Hope, hope, hope is not a bad thing. Hope's a good thing, but it's, it's not a strategy and you need more than hope to win. You know, um, one of the folks whose uh, work I follow, I've done one of his courses, is a guy named Donald Miller. He's did a program called Story Brand. And in Story Brand, yes. they talk about making your customer the hero of the story. Never, you should not be the hero. You're the guide, the customer's the hero. And what you were talking about really brings that to the forefront. I agree with what Donald Miller said. He's not the only one who says it, but he said it very well. And the whole Story Brand concept is one that you seem to have adopted here. So kudos, man. I think this is pretty darn brilliant, brother. Pretty yeah. darn brilliant. It, it, it's, it's essential. It goes back to your question of why, right? That scenario, those problems that I just laid out, that has nothing to do with plastic or metal or LEDs or aluminum or, or vinyl or anything. That has to do with dreams and nightmares and sacrifice and, 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 and trying to do, trying to, you know, better your family tree and make opportunities for yourself, for your children, for your, for your posterity. Um, and we're just saying, Hey, this little sign here can help you do that in our little way. Um, we're not sitting here saying we make, we have the best, most expensive equipment and we buy the best materials and everything. No, we're saying we're going to help you achieve your dream. You know what, brother? That's kind of a little bit of my message. Right? I work with my clients. I don't talk so much about myself. I'm the biggest, I'm the best, I'm the fastest, whatever, any of that crap. I just go, man, my job is to make sure that you get to have the biggest dream you have come alive and true. And there's a lot of people in the space of, you know, business coaches and people who run workshops and podcasts and books like I do. And I'm, I'm good at all that. But the number one thing that I tell people when I, when I get to work with them is, look, I want you to know who I am, just so you know my background. I'm the son of a man named Napoleon Ballou. And my dad, Napoleon, God rest his soul, he was an entrepreneur. And he, when I was a kid, he would always tell me, son, life isn't about money, son. It's about people. Business isn't about money, son. It's about people. And I just go to him, dad, what are you talking about? Business is about money. He goes, no, 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 son. He said, it's about people. That man in front of you, that's someone's son. That's someone's husband. That's someone's brother. That's someone's father. Man, that's that he's a hero to somebody. Maybe someone like you ripped him off and he's gun shy. It's your job to restore his faith in, in humanity and the goodness of people. And my dad, like if you knew him, bro, and you were looking for work, he would go and get you a job. He wouldn't give you a couple numbers to call. He'd sit you in his office. He'd call people and browbeat them until they hired you. That's how you would do it, right? And then he'd say, yo, Dalton, here's the deal, man. Here's the, here's the job that you have, and you you need to go start this day. This is how much you're getting paid. Go. If you're trying to start a business, he'd sit down with you. He'd give you everything he had to help make you successful. He'd even find guys to come up with capital for you or get you a client or two. And if you 
with someone who was lucky enough to know him and you were trying to buy a car or a house, you didn't have quite enough money, which happened to a lot of young people, right? He would give you a loan and he'd never let you repay it. That's the kind of man that he was. And so I, I call, and when he passed, he passed me the Billu torch the, to believe in people, to care about people, to love on people, to help people be the best version of themselves because everybody has a bad day. Everybody needs someone to believe in them. Everyone has a day where they don't believe in themselves. And if you ask me, Nikki, hey, what are your skills? I go, yeah, I got skills, all that. But the thing that I'm the most proud of is that I care about my fellow man and I want to see him win. And I want to see him win big. I want to see him make a lot of money. I want to see his dreams come true. I want to make sure that nightmare never comes close to being a reality for him. So when you say that, that gives me goosebumps because that's a little bit of the story that I like to tell. I love that, man. Yeah, everything you're saying, I think we're cut from the same cloth or at least had some similar life experiences that have, that have put us there. I uh, I think a big turning point in my life uh, was a few years ago. Um, I was in a small airplane. Um, I was the passenger in a, in a two-man airplane. And uh, we were up above Park City here in Utah. It was December. It was night. It was cold. It was There was snow on the ground. The engine went out. Uh, prop stopped midair. Um, oh we were in the snowy mountains uh, above, you know, middle, middle of nowhere. You know, we could see the lights of Park City out in the distance. Um, and I mean, at that point, I can't even tell you like, oh, I was afraid of, of what was going to happen. It was, it was mo mostly just like, no, I'm, I'm going to die. I've read these stories. I've read the news articles. When this happens... I'm, you, it just talks, you're just talking about the, the family you left behind, you know, not knowing what happened. I just, you know, the engine's off. I'm just hearing the whistle of the wind in that airplane saying, this is how I die. Um, I, I, I dialed up my wife and I, was, I, I almost pushed send. I still had a little bit of service. I, I dialed her up to tell her I love her and tell her to kiss my six-month-old son that we just had. Um, oh, and, uh, and, and we just, but we just, then we just kept floating. And we, we just kept going and, and, and the pilot, he, he maneuvered really well. We landed on the freeway, landed on I-80 in Park City in, in the middle wow. of traffic. No injuries, no accidents, pulled over. Um, and it's kind of crazy. I say like, I can't really say I've been in a plane crash, uh, but it certainly could have been a plane crash. But the what I did feel was what every other person who's ever been in a plane crash or died in a plane crash feels is the terror and the dread and the acceptance of of that being the end of their life. Um, the things that you're saying about people and about relationships, if it wasn't like, it, if it wasn't like that before that put such an important emphasis on people and relationships in a way that I never had before. Um, our, our mission, our core, our core purpose at Silicon science is to seek freedom of time, money, relationship, and purpose. Something we pulled right out of a book called who, not how. Um, and, and that's, that is what we're after. We're, we, we're, again, we're just making lights and, and, and metal and plastic that we're hanging on walls. Um, but what that moment did for me is it, is it told me that I got a deadline, right? This doesn't go on forever. I'm not invincible. I, I, my life has a deadline and it helped me love harder and deeper and to forgive faster. Um, and to, to put the emphasis on relationships. And that has been the, the, the most rewarding and sweetest thing in my life um, by, by focusing on people. That is what makes life worth living. And, 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 and so I, while it was a, a, a tough thing to go through, um, you know, that plane incident, it was, it was the most life-changing experience I've ever had. And uh, it just goes right along with what you're saying. saying entre entrepreneurship isn't all about people. Everything 
is all about people. It's about the relationships in our life. I was not thinking about more money I wanted to make when that plane engine stopped. I was thinking about holding my son one more time and, and kissing my wife um, and, and being with them. Uh, and, and that's, it really put things in perspective for me. But we're gonna call. We're gonna make that the title of the episode. Everything is all about people. Dalton Chase, man. I think that's a beautiful <laughs> title for the episode. Um, uh, brother, I, I don't even want to ask some of these questions that I was gonna ask you because after this, I'm just thinking, damn, this is a high note of which to to really take this uh, heart based episode to another space, but. I'm going to ask you this question. Tell me a story, Dalton, if you don't mind, of one of your clients, like a success story, one that helped their dreams come alive, because I think that would be powerful as a next question. Oh, man. That's a, I, I wish, I wish I had something at the top of my, top of my tongue here to, to, uh, to talk about. Um, Man, that's a that's a that's a really good question. I want to I want I need to I need to have I need to have a story ready because I can't just talk about the I can't just have talk about the the theoretical or philosophical version of, of this. I need to have the the real story of of here what 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 we've done. Um, you know, brother, I it, teach it, a course on how to come on a podcast and have it be really effective and have it bring you money. And I I I just led one. And this was the number one thing we talk about is when you come on the show, you make sure you got some powerful, real stories of human beings that you either know about or you personally helped because facts tell, but stories sell. I'm sure you've heard this before. So absolutely make sure that you think about this and write a couple of these down. Yeah. We'll talk offline about this topic for you too, because you're too awesome for you not to be the best you can be on every show you go on, my brother. I appreciate that. I, I, I appreciate being challenged and again, grow or die, right? I want to, I want to always be better at what I'm doing. I'm obsessed yeah. with growth. Yeah. I appreciate the challenge. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Um, so, so Dalton, you have a big vision and you want to help a, an important group of people. These are entrepreneurs, right? These are the people who've got the guts, the glory, the courage to go out there and try to make their dreams come alive. And like you say, their worst nightmare is at the forefront of their thinking when they're getting going. And their biggest dream is also at the forefront of their thinking. And you can be part of the equation that makes the biggest dream happen. So for you, you know, what would have you crying tears of joy in terms of how many people you're helping, how big your business gotten, how powerfully you're able to seek and spread freedom of time, money, relationship, and purpose? You know, for me as a business owner, um, I've had to shift my focus to my employees. Um, they are my customers now, right? I'm not a technician in my business. I'm not a, I'm not a project manager. I'm not a sales guy. I'm a, I'm a business owner. Um, and, and so my, the leaders that I've put in place and the employees that I have, I, I don't, you know, I don't know my customers anymore. I don't know their first names or what locations we're, we're building all across the country. Um, you know, if so, if so, I even had times where people have come up to me and been like, you know, or messaged me, Hey, yeah, you're, you, you, you built the signs for this location. I'm like, well, oh, that, 
That's awesome. I'm glad we're able to help you. Did you have a good experience? You know, like, yeah, it was awesome. You know, I worked with, I worked with, you know, Heather. It's like, okay, well, I don't know you or your location, but I know Heather and I love Heather. Um, And, and I know about her family and I know about her heartbreaks. Uh, I know what makes her tick and and gets her out of bed and and what makes her happy and sad. And, and, uh, and because she's, she's my customer. Um, And so when I'm thinking of, for me personally now, when I'm trying to help people seek freedom of time, money, relationship, and purpose, it's my employees. Um, and, and we've had that sort of sprinkled throughout our company, uh, through our time off policy. I mean, we have unlimited days off. We're a manufacturing company with unlimited paid days off. Uh, you don't, you don't hear about that. Uh, we have our, our print tech, she's on a eight week paid maternity leave. She just had a baby. Um, and that kind of, uh, that kind of freedom that we afford, uh, to our employees, uh, helps that we get that back, um, tenfold because when someone knows that they're not coming to a dungeon, that they're, you know, they're not handcuffed to the job, um, that this is actually, they're doing this because they want to, not because they're going to get a slap on the wrist or fired if they don't, or miss their paycheck. If they don't, it's a completely different level of effort and ownership and detail and quality. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that just, it goes right back to the people right? I'm not sitting there cracking a whip. I'm saying, how do I help? What is your why? How do I, how can I, how can Silicon Science be the vehicle that gets you to your why? Um, and then let's, let's map out the path and say, okay, what are the metrics that we need to hit for you to do that? Whether it be a couple de- week vacation once a year, or, you know, maybe making enough money to buy a house, or I want to start a family or, or, or something. Let's, let's map it out. Um, and, uh, and, and that's what, you know, freedom of, for, for me, that's what true freedom is. It's, it's not just that you get to go where it's not that you're not in jail. It's that you have control over your destiny. Isn't it? That's good, man. That was good. I like that. That was well said. Brilliantly said, actually. Um, so brother, if you were doing that for your employees at the highest level, how many people would be on your team? Like how many lives would you be freeing with this? You know, I don't know how else to answer the question than, than one at a time. You know, it's a, I don't, I don't really have a a vision of how, how big or how great the only vision I, I have right now is how big can we get while executing perfectly? So uh, how big can we get? What is the answer? That's a great question, by the way. How big can we get while executing perfectly? What would be the answer to that? What do you think it is? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. And, and, and I know it goes against kind of the, the whole goal-oriented athlete mentality of, of saying, you know, for me, I was like, okay, I want to be at the Olympics. All right, well, how do I, how, how do I get there? But right now where I'm at in the stage is I want to create a 100% customer you know, satisfaction rating. I want to have a perfect experience. And to tell you the truth, we've, we've been lacking in that. Uh, when we picked up crumble cookies, they opened up, I think five or 500 locations ish last year, 500 locations. And we're, we're a sign vendor for them. And we had to grow so fast that our, our quality control went down, our customer experience went down. And we got to a point where we, me and my partner sat down and said, this is not the company that we built. You know, we're getting angry phone calls, bad reviews. Like this is not, I'm not interested in this. 
I'm not interested in running a subpar sign company. I'm not interested in being the same as everybody else. So we had to actually dial it back and say, okay, we need to get, we need to, we need to get some things in control at home here. How do we get back to being 100% on that, on the things that matter to us, which is having our customers be fully satisfied and, and providing with them with a white glove service, because that's how you grow. I don't care how good of a salesperson you are. The best sale that you will ever make is doing a good job for your the customer that you're, that's in front of you. Um, and that, that's, that's our philosophy and it's how we've grown. Um, and so right now, yeah, that, that, that's my big dream is creating a tech-based white glove service of contractors. And so, you know what, there's no, I don't have, you know, metrics that I think are worthwhile sharing, you know, on, on the, for, on your show for that. Um, but it doesn't have anything to do with a number or a size or even honestly money in my pocket right now. Um, earlier this year, I actually, we actually opened another location in Fresno, California, um, just in May. I went down there a few months later. Uh, to check on things. And I found out that even with only two people that we were missing deadlines, that customers were unhappy. And I sat down with the two guys that were there, the general manager, I said, I'm packing up, I'm done. I'm shipping the equipment back up to Utah. I'm closing the doors. I'm going to you know, sell the lease. You're going to have to go find another job. And, and the general manager actually had some ownership in it. And he just, his eyes got this big. He's like, it's only been a few months. Like, what do you mean? Like, is it just, you just losing too much money? He's like, no, we're not losing money. It's just that I have no interest whatsoever in being the same unresponsive, missed deadline, you know, con sign contractor that everybody else in the Valley is. So I'm done. And it's not why we did this. Um, and man, he, he turned it around that immediately when he kind of felt that passion and that vision um, of, of what it is about, um, which is the title of the podcast, right? It's about the people. <laughs> so that, that's, my, that's my dream. And, you know, I, I've been in the back of my head, I've been thinking about your question, you know, what's a dream that we've, and I'm still going to keep thinking about that. I'm going to find some stories, but what's interesting is that we are, we are a guide. We're, we're not the heroes, you know, and the hero is going to get to the end of the journey, which is um, a successful business, making money, supporting employees and everything. And you know what? They never are going to draw a straight line back to, and you know why? It's because Chase, <laughs> because it's right. not because of me. it's because of them, but I just, played my little part. And so very rarely is anyone going to come back and be like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I had a line out the door. Couldn't have done it without you. Um, but I kind of, we kind of have to pat ourselves on the back be like, you know what? We certainly didn't ruin it for you. You know, we, we, we didn't, we didn't throw up a hurdle in your way. Um, we, we did everything we could so that you could be uh, the hero on your journey. Uh, so maybe they don't know, uh, those stories, maybe they're not going to share them with me, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask people, uh, I'm going to start asking people so I can collect some stories here. Uh, but for the most part, we're just, we're a sideshow, you know, we're, we're, and that's where we want to be. That's, that, that's really good, man. That's really good. Very insightful. You, you've obviously thought through what it's going to take to be the best version of yourself. And, and I commend you for that. So look, we like to end off every single episode by asking you as our guest expert for your top three, what I call expert action steps. These are in bullet point form, your best three pieces of advice for my listener to take their life, their business, their personal satisfaction to the next level. So what say you? Well, one thing that we've talked about that is probably a little obvious is figure out why you're doing what you're doing. Um, it's not enough to even put money in your pocket unless that do those dollars represent something. What does that, what does that money mean? What is it going to do for you? Is it going to send your kids to college? Is it going to improve their life? 
Is it going to give you a sense of freedom that you haven't experienced before? It's got to be something more than dollars and cents in the product you sell. Your vision for your life and for your company should have nothing to do with what you sell or how you sell it. it should have to do with what you're trying to be and what you're trying to accomplish as a person, because that's the only thing that gives true life and meaning to what to, to, to what you're doing. Um, another thing I'd say as a leader, uh, something that's been revolutionary for me is to stop telling your employees how to do things. It's not our job as leaders. Our job is to give the vision and point out, say, this is where we're going. And then say, how are we going to get there? Let give them the opportunity to create buy-in by having, by coming up with ideas. And you'll start to see that that becomes this positive feedback loop. When you give them more trust to work and to come up with ideas, they stop needing you as much, which then you stop having to solve problems. And, and then pretty soon you're actually being a business owner rather than just a manager or someone cracking a whip. Um, you say where, <laughs> you say where, they say how. Um, if you just needed extensions of your fingers, then th then that's easy. But get to a point where you can, if you want to truly replicate yourself, which is the pain point of every business owner, then let people fail. Let people come up with ideas. Maybe it's not the best idea, but they're going to have buy-in and they're going to, uh, and, and there's going to be a bigger payout for you in the end, ultimately. Um, last thing I'd say, we've said it a hundred times now already, Nikki, um, is that it, it, it's all about people. Um, if you want to be an effective leader, uh, then you, you have to love the people that you're working with. Uh, you have to care about them. Um, and you have to take ownership as well. You know, something that I, I feel really strongly about is that if there's a problem, I will never, ever blame it on one of my employees if they've done it. If they did something, I'm going to look back and say, what did I create in this environment? What's wrong with this environment that I can change? And that does two things. One, it's going to make you say you can't give any excuses, right? Just like why, why I like track and field. There's no excuses other than I didn't work hard enough or I'm not good enough. Um, you have to have extreme ownership and a complete lack of like victim mentality um, in order to be successful in life, in business or in life in general. You have to take ownership over your results, every result that you get. Um, and so by, by taking responsibility over even the things that your employees are doing wrong, um, one, you are actually being able, you're putting yourself in a position to map the course to success because you're being honest with where you're at. But two, you're creating people who will follow you and who will kill for you. That's what leadership is. A leader is not someone who could just rally the troops and get everybody all pumped up for an hour of energy. A leader is someone who your people will die for you um, figuratively. Um, and, uh, and so th th those are some things that recently, you know, the last 60, 90 days, I've been thinking a lot about and have been really, really important, uh, important for me. These are three great expert action steps, brother. Thank you so much for sharing them. And if people want to find out more about you, your company, anything that's important to you, what's the best place for them to do that? You know, um, our, our, our niche is so specific that, you know, I'm not out here to try to try to blast this. I mean, if you're a franchise owner or a franchisor, please call me or, or email me. My email address is chase at siliconsigns.com. Real easy. Um, you could look us up online, uh, siliconscience.com, Instagram, you can see some of our work. 
Um, but, but if not, then I, you know, that that's okay. I'm hoping that, uh, that my story can, can help some people give some people some actionable items to, to maybe be a little bit better tomorrow and to, to get a little bit more out of their life and their business. I'd love to chat with you offline. You've got a compelling story. You think deeply about the issues. There is a, a thing that has started to creep up in the last few years called the, uh, thought leader CEO which is a founder of a company that has taken the time to think through his why at the level that you have and is using that to make a big difference out there. And frankly, as a business strategy, if you think about some of the big names in industry that have done this, you think of people like Steve Jobs, you think of people like Richard Branson, you think of people like um, Elon Musk. These people are bigger than their industry, they're bigger than their company. And you know that they do what they do, not just because of the money, these folks do what they do because there's a bigger mission at stake. And for whatever it's worth, Chase Dalton, you have what it takes to be that guy in your industry. In fact, if you do that, if you decide that what I'm saying is correct, I would be honored to speak to you about helping you bring that into your business and into what you do because you're that good and it's that important that every industry have someone like you who's a good human being and cares to bring this type of message out into the world. So there you have it, brother. Thanks, Nikki. That, that's high praise. I appreciate the vote of confidence. And, you know, it's, uh, I, yeah, I, I, let's, let's talk. Let's, let's figure out what we need to do. Yeah. Absolutely. And listen, if you want to find out more about the one and only Chase Dalton, and by the way, I don't know if you saw uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Rick Dalton, which was the Leonardo DiCaprio character there, but that's, uh, that's it, it was kind of when, when you told me your name, I'm like, man, that reminds me of Rick Dalton from from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> you mean and, I didn't remind you of Leonardo DiCaprio by just my, my good looks? You're better looking than he is, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, folks, this man is awesome. What he has to say is valuable and important. If it touched you in any way and you can use it, then you probably have a friend who's going through a, a season in their life right now where maybe they're hurting, maybe they're a little bit unsure, maybe they need somebody to give them a, um, a message that humanity is um, still full of great people and that um, there are people who strive for high ideals and everywhere, and I do mean everywhere, life is full of heroism as demonstrated by, by Chase. And share this with them, let them hear this, because what it's going to do is it's going to lift a, a man or a woman who's going through a rough season and, and, and bring them up. You could save a life that way. You could absolutely save a life. There have been people that have heard these messages that were thinking about ending it all. They had a gun in their lap. And for whatever reason, they decided to listen to something and something they heard got them not to pull that trigger. So please, 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 if you know someone who's hurting, share a good message like this with them. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's amazing guest, the one and only Chase Dalton, go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or wherever you listen to podcasts, be it you know iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, or what have you. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. 